Welcome to the Free Your Jaw podcast, a show dedicated to all things jaw pain, where your host Helen Baker interviews experts and talks to jaw pain sufferers about anything related to the causes, symptoms and treatment options for overcoming jaw pain. My name is Helen Baker, I'm an integrated body therapist and I've been successfully treating clients with TMJ dysfunction for over 10 years using TMJ massage therapies, a whole body approach to TMJ dysfunction. This Free Your Jaw podcast will give people who have TMJ dysfunction the opportunity to hear stories from other jaw pain sufferers, as well as to hear from experts regarding all things jaw pain. For more information about the Free Your Jaw podcast and TMJ Massage Therapies, please head to www.tmjmassagetherapies.com. Subscribe now and I look forward to sharing and talking all things jaw pain with you. Welcome to the Free Your Jaw podcast, a show dedicated to all things jaw pain and where your host Helen Baker interviews experts and talks to jaw pain sufferers about anything related to the causes, symptoms and treatment options for overcoming jaw pain. My name is Helen Baker and today I'm delighted to be talking to Julie Poulin from Toronto, Canada. Julie is a remedial massage therapist also specialising in TMJ dysfunction and runs a successful clinic called From the Neck Up in Toronto. Today we will be discussing jaw pain and our ears. We will talk about how people with jaw pain often present with ear pain or tinnitus and how massage in the neck, jaw and head can actually alleviate and significantly reduce the symptoms of ear pain. It really is great to connect with other like-minded, passionate TMJ dysfunction practitioners and I so hope that our discussion today helps raise awareness about jaw pain and our ears. Welcome, Julie. It's just great to be able to connect with other therapists, like-minded therapists who work in the same field and have as much passion about the TMJ as I do. So welcome, Jules. Hey. Hey, so Jules, do you mind just introducing yourself? Sure. I'm Jules Poulet. I'm a registered massage therapist here in Toronto. I've been practicing for 21 years and I've spent the last 12 years specializing in TMJD or TMJ issues or TMD, however you want to call it. And along with that, what I've discovered is that I've had a lot of patients that have sought me out for ear issues that their ear, nose and throat specialists mentioned might be related to their jaw. And, and it's kind of like snowballed. So three years ago, I launched my, my new clinic, which is called From the Neck Up. And I also do tongue rehab, which is, is wild and fantastic and something that I'm delving more into doing research on because it is a very important component of jaw and voice swallowing. Oh, wow. I'm essentially a big massage nerd. And uh, (laughs) I think with the onset of the pandemic, people are more stressed. Stress is, you know, probably the biggest factor in in TMJ issues. Yeah, I Um, agree. Second to maybe postural. So, you know, you have like, you know, forward head carriage, which changes the positioning of the mandible and the condylar heads, which may have an impact on those soft tissues. A little bit is, you know, I think the medical industry is starting to recognize that, you know, TMJ can be the cause of obviously, you know, jaw pain, but I feel like most people forget that headaches in the temporal area yeah. is, is, is a jaw issue. Yeah, it's not that they forget, perhaps, that they actually just don't know. Like, they're just the awareness, isn't it? That there is just a lack of awareness of the impact of jaw pain and how, how, what it can have around the whole body. Yeah, I think people perceive the jaw as just being like either the lower part of the mandible or just the joint itself. And I, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this before. People are like, oh, I didn't even know I had jaw muscles. Like, they, there's this certain 
you know, everyone knows they have biceps and like pecs and there's almost like a, a general lack of even and just you know in the general population this awareness that there are muscles that move your jaw and if there's dysfunction in the movement or parafunction then that may cause some issues within the the musculoskeletal system there Throughout the day, we're going to talk about jaw pain and ears. I'm truly fascinated and suffer it myself, actually. When I wake up in the morning and my jaw is tight, I get a sort of grumbling, sort of a muffling in my ear. And then I release my jaw and that muffling disappears. So I personally know my jaw and ears are definitely connected. So I really wanted to talk to you and discuss um, your experience with jaw pain and ears in your clinic. So why do you think jaw pain sufferers experience ear pain or tinnitus or anything perhaps not functioning correctly with the ears? Yeah, I think there's a couple of, well, they're, they're all theories, you know, it's really hard to find, like I've done a lot of research and, and, you know, there's obviously some research biases um, when you're looking at, at some studies and stuff like that. But, you know, overall, it's either, you know, the, it's either musculoskeletal. So perhaps, you know, whether it's jaw or neck, there's also a big correlation between tinnitus and, and neck issues. And the way that we approach treating the, the tinnitus at the clinic is to look at it as a symptom of TMJ. So if we look at if there's dysfunction and symptom, right? There's dysfunction in the jaw that is causing symptom. That symptom can be localized jaw pain. It could be a headache. Why can't it be tinnitus? So we look at it primarily as a jaw issue and then also include upper cervical possibilities because of the relationship between the upper cervical spine and jaw dysfunction. So it could be musculoskeletal. It could be neurological, um, the impact of the trigeminal nerve mm -hmm. um, on, on the ear and, and jaw issues. It could be inflammation at the joint that may be causing some issues within the ear because like the, the, the jaw joint and, and the ear canal, the auditorium meatus, they're, they're so closely related. You know, they don't live in the same house. They don't just live in the same house. They sleep in the same bed. Yeah, so they're so close. Exactly. And then, you know, I often think about when... You know, when you assess like someone's jaw and you put your fingers on, 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 on the conjular heads and then they, they open their jaw and there's manual, you know, there's mandibular depression. Oftentimes one of the conjular heads will pop out a little bit more, mm -hmm. right? It's not necessarily symmetrical. So what if the one that isn't moving properly, what if that side is dysfunctional and there's less rotation of the conjular head, perhaps it's sitting a little bit more posterior and that lack of movement, whether it's capsulitis or an issue with the lateral pterygoid? What if that lack of mobility in the posterior positioning is having an impact on the ear? So there's a lot of theories. Mm -hmm. And what we do when we have a patient come into the clinic that has an ear issue, we do you know, a thorough health history and we do an assessment of the jaw and neck. And interestingly with the pandemic, there is, we're, I'm, oh my gosh, the amount of patients that are coming in with ear issues. It's just going up and up and up. And what it's sort of ear issues do they come to you with? primarily we'll have like tinnitus yep. so ringing in the ear but also like some people have pulsing or whooshing or crackling or muffled like you described or a sense of pressure or fullness or some people feel like they have water in their ear or itchy ears or pain in around the ear but there's also vertigo and Meniere's disease have been linked to TMJ and neck issues mm. so those are we see less of those but definitely just the, the ringing and and the sad thing with, with tinnitus is that more than anything I've ever seen, the impact that it has on a person's, a person's mental health is, is heartbreaking. I've had so many patients come in, break down. I've had patients 
um, that were suicidal because of it, patients that haven't been able to work. The the emotional impact of it is... And the lack of sleep that they get with it, yeah. which just drives that pain cycle. And yeah, it's a vicious circle. Personally, I, I just treat from the neck up. My staff is able to, if I have a patient who perhaps needs like some back work or some hip work or whatever it may be, then I'll refer them to my staff. And that's just a volume issue for me. But uh, we definitely lean very heavily on self-care. So if we don't have time to massage, you know, another part of the body, we'll definitely prescribe some self-care exercises for that area for the patient. But it's very easy for me to just spend an hour on someone's jaw or just spend an hour on someone's neck. Sure. And do you find, is there particular muscles that was linked to the tinnitus? Is it, I mean, I often find when I release the scalenes that, or the SCM even, that some clients experience a popping, a sensation of freedom in the ear. Yeah, yeah the SCM, yeah, scalenes are big ones. Even like I do, like I prescribe like an anterior neck fascial stretch for my patients. And um, also I request that they go like just below the clavicle and do kind of just like, you know, pin the clavicle down and then tilt their head to the side that releases it. Some studies indicate that, I mean, essentially the, the main muscles of the jaw. So like deep masseter can be related to ear issues, access to the medial pterygoid, whether extra oral or intraoral temporalis can have an, an impact there. There's also a small muscle, the auricular auricularis muscle that's behind the ear we just throw everything at it yeah you just go for it and just try and soften the whole the whole stretch do you work just one side or would you do both sides always both yeah always both and I think that that's where people who get jaw treatment from practitioners who don't have advanced training I think those practitioners forget that the jaw is one bone and two joints yeah Right. So you can move your right arm independently of your left arm, but you can't move the right side of your jaw independently of the left side of the jaw. And just because the pain is on one side doesn't mean the dysfunction is there. I, I also treat both sides yeah. always because it could be the, the problem could be actually the other side of where the pain is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It all comes back to like dysfunction and symptom. Mm-hmm. If you're only chasing the symptom, you're missing, you're missing the big picture. You're not looking for the dysfunction and then people don't have results and, and suffer needlessly. And that's kind of like my biggest takeaway for any practitioner that I talk to. I'm like, look at both sides. Yeah. Look at both sides. Look at both sides of the neck. Look at both sides of the jaw, you know, because that's where the results are going to be. And, and, and further to that is I write courses. It's like, it's, it's like, it's what I do. And I like research and I, I like having an evidence-based practice and, the, the biggest game changer in my career is communication. So one of the courses I wrote is communication leads to rehabilitation. And it's just really simple principles because I don't know about you, but I don't know what it feels like to be in anyone else's body. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and this thing, this or this like misconception that as a manual therapist, I know where to go and how long to stay there and how much pressure to put there. It's just false. And so I, I train my patients to communicate. So if I'm pressing somewhere and they're like, oh, I feel that in my ear. I'm like, then let's hang out there. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's about giving them permission to express what it is that they're feeling in the treatment. And sometimes, you know, I'm working on maybe just two or three muscles in the session. Yeah. But it feels relevant to them. And it's working. And it's working. And that's, I mean, that's what we want as practitioners. We want what we do to have an impact on patients. And so what do you find that the client's tinnitus goes away or does it reduce in tone or pitch or does it dim? How, what's the feedback that you get? It's, 
I'll say that we have, we're able to have a positive impact on about 50% of, pe of people that come in. So, you know, for the 50% that we can help, that's fantastic. Percent. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's, it's probably the most complex thing that I treat. So often what we see is a reduction in the frequency and the frequency. So the frequency uh -huh. and the frequency of the symptoms. Yes. So that's a really big one because most patients say like, you know, if you could just bring it down a little bit, I can live with it. So that's the biggest change that we see. And then second to that is the awareness that patients have in relation to how stress affects their jaw, which affects their tinnitus or affects yes. their neck and affects their tinnitus. So that's the biggest shift, I think, to, you know, not only the symptom reduction, but that awareness. Yeah. And education. Have you had any, I'm assuming you've had patients that have had like ear related issues. And Absolutely. Yes. I have certainly had results where the actual pitch reduces and the frequency, as you say, of the amount of tinnitus, the regularity of it reduces. Some clients, it doesn't change. And that's when I then have to refer them back to the GP. I work quite closely with the hearing specialist team in a local hospital here. And that's quite good because they refer their clients who've done all the testing and the hearing testing and the making sure that the tinnitus isn't related to anything else before then sending them to me. And that works. That's a good point because anyone that comes in to see me for an ear issue, I always make sure that either they've seen an ear, nose and throat specialist or that they will see an ear, nose and throat specialist. The results would be better if, I mean, patient compliance with self-care isn't ideal. Mm -hmm. Right. Hard. Like I know that there's some studies in relation to like TMJ that say like, you know, self-care is 50% of the rehab. And I tell that to my patients, that's probably more mm -hmm. than 50% of the rehab. And, and Particularly I think with the stress and anxiety and all of that having an impact on the body and mind yeah, it's the, the the biopsychosocial model right so biological psycho stress and anxiety social yeah. i have jaw pain i have ear pain or tinnitus and no one understands it the people around me don't understand it if your arm is in a sling people visually can see it and have sympathy but if you're having an invisible pain or dysfunction or disorder i think that you know trying to feel that it's accepted also plays a role in yeah, and just to be able to function function in that way when you know that you're in so much pain but no one knows and so you can yeah. also put this sort of face on and be like I'm fine but actually inside you're just feeling so much in pain and when I had my severe jaw pain I you know even communicating was just impossible I couldn't I would just swallow my words because I just didn't have the, the strength to work through the pain to talk. So that's the same as like, and I'm sure for tinnitus, I mean, it's just, uh, it must be horrendous to have that constantly day and night and no one really know. You can't see it. I mean, even, you know, in relation to the jaw, like an anteriorly displaced disc can be seen in mm -hmm. an MRI. Yeah. You know, not that everyone that has TMG issues has that, but you know, with, with, with tinnitus issues, it's, 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 there's so many possibilities. I think we've discussed your approach to treating ear pain really is that how you're working from the neck up on both sides, which is really key. And so can you recommend any self-care tips for jaw pain sufferers to help with their jaw, but also perhaps if their ears are suffering? Sure. Yeah. I actually recently launched a self-care library. It's a video library of self-care exercises for TMJ and, and neck issues. So it's um, on my website from the neckupmassage.com, but also have a YouTube channel, which is from the neck up. For stretching, I would recommend temporalis stretching, masseter stretching, lateral pterygoid stretches, as well as stretching the front of the neck. 
the front of the neck, I feel, is a part is an area of the body that's often neglected when it comes to headaches, jaw pain, and obviously neck pain as well. You know, if the head is forward, then we may have some fascial restrictions, and the SCMs might be tight there, and and the suprahyoids, and how that mm -hmm. correlates. So definitely stretching the front of the neck is an important part. And actually a lot of people have like micro releases in their ear from, you know, doing a nice anterior neck stretch. Self-massage, I would say temporalis masseter, like those are always the big guns, right? Yeah. Well, how good does it feel when you can get right in there? <laughs> so good. It's so good. I saw that you use these, is it like cork balls? Yeah, cork massage balls. Yeah. Amazing. I have um, on here. They're brilliant. So I um, I love my myofascial release balls. Like I find them really, really good. But the, the ones that I had before were just too big for this area. Uh -huh. and, um, so a friend of mine, actually, she's like, well, why don't we try and source some smaller balls? Yeah. And, and so then we did it. And so, yeah, I've managed to get the small cork balls, which are sustainable, eco-friendly. Yeah. And yeah, so they're small enough that you can actually use them on your face as well. Because yeah. my bigger ones were certainly a bit more great for my piriformis, but not so good for my temporalis. Yeah. <laughs> and I would think that the cork has a little bit of give too to it, right? Yeah, it's just, it's just a bit, it's not... It's not soft, but it definitely isn't a hard, hard fascial ball. I'll send you one, Julie. I would love that. Yeah, I'll get your address. I'll send you one for sure. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and it's got your logo on it and everything. Yeah, it's cute. It's really, I love it's really, it. And can you give me, or could you give us some, your top two tips for jaw pain sufferers? What what two tips could you give us? I would, I would recommend patients find a self-care program that works for them to really explore, see what's out there, whether it's on YouTube or various websites and, and experiment. And, you know, whether it's stretching or self-massage or some mobilizations of the neck and jaw, um, I think that that's an important part because there's a lot that people can manage on their own without having access to a practitioner. So that would be my number one. And then the second one is just be gentle with yourself. Stress is such an important factor in, in, in TMJ issues and tinnitus and neck pain and, and pain in general that, you know, finding some ways to reduce stress. And I, I don't like to prescribe any stress reduction things because it's such a subjective personal matter or, or preference. But those would be my two things. I mean, I, I could give specific like, oh, do this stretch or do that. But it's very personal, isn't it? And I think it's important yeah. to find something that really resonates with yourself because then you'll also keep doing it. You know, I find that when I say to a client, oh, make, you know, have you thought about mindfulness or meditation? And, you know, you, I have some clients look at me as if I'm a complete alien. You're like, okay, don't think about that. Let's try something else. So how about some deep breathing exercises? Because if whatever we suggest doesn't quite fit with you, then it's not, it's, they're not going to do it, are they? Well, it um, needs to be achievable too. Yeah. Right? Like self-care is only achievable if it's presented in a way that resonates with the patient, as you're saying, or, you know, this idea of giving a patient like 20 different exercises, they're not going to do it. No. I often tell my patients, like pick one song and, and do self-care. And if after that one song, you still want to do more, then pick two songs because mm -hmm. then it becomes an activity. A nice activity. <laughs> not, a nice just activity. To, not just to go to do my exercises. Yeah. Yeah. It puts a bow on self-care, but you know, it, it tackles two things. I love it. Like pick two songs or pick a song and do your self-care because one, likely it's going to be, there's going to be some stress reduction as well because of the impact on music and, and creating this like really nice environment. And then obviously the impact that the self-care has. So I, I think that's a great way to kind of like put a bow on it. So patients are a little bit more compliant with it. Yeah, it's a great idea. Well, thank you so much for your time.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the free find out more about her approach to treating jaw pain. And it's really reassuring to know that ear problems can definitely be linked to the jaw. I loved her ideas for self-care and her top two tips for jaw pain sufferers were just fab. For more information about all things jaw pain and TMJ Massage Therapies, please head to www.tmjmassagetherapies.com. I look forward to sharing and talking all things jaw pain again with you next week.